Welcome to another Keel Hall podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news to cover today. So tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you get yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week, we're going to be talking about the latest Sea of Thieves news video. You guys are going to want to tune in for this because there's some stuff that may have happened that you may not be aware is coming in November and December. So sit back, relax. Let's get into it. But before we get into any of that, I have to thank the patrons. They are the ones that went over to patreon.com forward slash keelhog podcast to support this content. We're having more and more folks join up to the Patreon, especially for joining into the guild. Uh, if you have questions or concerns, feel free to let me know. We are opening up the second guild. Um, that will eventually fill up and I won't have any more room. If you are a patron and want to be invited into the other guild, just let me know. We have to work out the whole mutual partnership thing with like adding each other on xbox to get the in the like the invite and you got to make sure that your patreon and your discord are linked up so i can see you in the actual gold hoarder channel like there's things that you want to make sure that you're doing but everyone that has has had a pretty good time so far and i want to make sure that continues to happen so thank you to people's republic l cute balls blue turtle v1 captain chonky captain hayes chateau noof super pack Zombie Killer, Cloud, Cosmic Johnson, Static Mirror, DA Gaming, Davram TV, El Jefe Esteban, Fergatron, Godhammer 6, I'm Dependent Now, Trickster, Jorby Jorbs, J Hood, Carl Embo, Kazia the Aficionado, Cryptic Slayer, Lumpy SRQ, Evil Morpheus, Space Admiral Ors, Xbox Mike 29, Murphy Lives, Nipper Kim, Mutinous Max, Norwegian, Raja the Brave, Registella the Brony Pirate, Replicated Flame, Rust Belt Kid, Skamelt 666, Captain Dasm, Tommy D, TN Professor, Real Big Tuna, Big Bad Pad, Mina Fairy, AJ Jr. Make sure you reach out to me. Let me know what you'd like to have as your handle. Captain J. Rad of the Flaming Cold Sore. The Lore Chronologist Deadeye Dre. Hager Owl. Jeff H. Ghost Boy 20. Evil Martha. Peter Miller. Ruski Doo. Thor Von Blitz. Windsor Cruz. Luke Lore, the Insipid Ghost, and Zam Wow. Thank you all so much for your love, for your support. It does mean the world to me, regardless of how you do it. This helps get the uh, the PC rolling, and I'm getting close, so I appreciate the help with that. Thank you so much. Uh, with that, let's get into the episode. First up on today's docket, uh, I wanted to bring some information from the forums that you might have missed. Now, if you've been playing Season 10, you know that there's been some performance issues, and some of that has caused some concern with the community, as it tends to do. Uh, a lot of folks are not clear as to what is causing these issues, and the team is currently working on it. Uh, and we got to hear from Sonic Bob, aka Drew Stevens, over uh, at Rare, as one of the executive producers, who's been kind of heading up some of the state of play. Uh, for season 10 and a lot of this has come in the form of the the or in the type of, of discussion through the forums and we've actually gotten some really good uh, discussion points that I wanted to touch on so I'm going to read from a couple of the excerpts from the forum post 
Um, but if you're curious, it is just the season 10 state of play update part two, uh, which I'm going to be talking more about as well, too, in the season uh, Sea of Thieves news update video that we'll kind of get into later in this episode. But I wanted to get these out in front so that you can kind of be aware of what's going on. So uh, one of the questions came in from the community members on the forum census. So are the servers just being run on badly outmodded hardware or is the code badly damaged by having to support outdated consoles? Which of these things is going to be changed? I'm definitely up for abandoning old console support as they can barely run the game anyway and people should have moved on by now, especially if it limits the game as it does. Now, if you're not familiar, this is a sentiment that I think a lot of folks have right now. Um, I, I am in favor of it if it is something that is holding it back, but that's because we're three years into the new generation uh, and we don't quite know like how the system works. And a lot of folks feel like the servers and the old hardware, uh, the old Xbox One and Xbox One X are the, the hardware consoles that are currently holding CFEs back and that if we were to drop support for those, uh, they could buff up um, what the, the requirements are for the hardware and the game would be able to be running on better hardware, which would cause less issues uh, in that that would just, you know, it would it would fix the game. It would magically fix the game. So Drew goes on and says, uh, I can confidently say that neither of these proposals is what is causing our server performance challenges. I don't know how many times I'll have to say it, but older generation consoles or lower spec PCs have no impact on the performance of our server. So it's nice to hear that what is going on right now is a, a code issue. Um, this is uh, part of the trouble with just having an online game where servers are running on Azure cloud servers right now. And it's unclear as to what the actual like what the, the, the actual problems are that they're working on uh, other than it is a code issue. It's not the hardware right now. Not as it, uh, it's not not only is it not the older consoles, but it's not even the servers that they're currently using. So the servers that are running the game, those are fine. And there's multiple across the world too. It's not like everything is set up at Rare Studios. You have ones for uh, North America, across North America, not only just on the continent as a whole, but split up between like uh, each time zone. So Pacific Coast, Central, East Coast, um, all of the different uh, time zones typically have a few server banks kind of like set up um, that are being run by Microsoft. And those are ones where um, you can kind of tell, like if you've ever tried to get multiple or ships on a server, you generally have to have someone within uh, the same time zone to be able to get those. Um, so knowing that it's not the servers, knowing that it's not older consoles or lower spec PCs, is reassuring to hear from my perspective uh, from the devs themselves because it means that what's going on right now can get fixed and isn't going to be uh, something where you know they just have to ask everyone to upgrade to Xbox Series consoles like that that would be a big ask if they were to drop support for older gen consoles and older PCs and just tell everyone you can't play Sea of Thieves anymore that would be a big bummer so the fact that that isn't the issue that's going on with the performance uh, for the servers is reassuring because it means that the folks that have older consoles or have older PCs are not the ones that are holding everyone else back and that it's not actually the servers themselves. 
It's the fact that it's the code that is being implemented for their server architecture. Whatever that is, is the thing that they will have to work on getting fixed. Now, thankfully, there are quite a, a few new devs into the, uh, the Microsoft family. And a lot of them do have experience with uh, server structure as well as Unreal Engine 4. So there may be a good chance that thanks to the acquisition of Activision Blizzard King, there might be some techs who are familiar with some of the issues that Rare might be actually running into. And if it gets escalated to the point where, you know, Phil has to put out the, uh, the, the memo, hey, anyone know how to write code for Unreal Engine 4? this version on Azure servers running this game. If you have uh, any expertise on or advice on what they can do to kind of shore up the performance issues, please RSVP, you know, something like that. I'm not saying that that has to happen. I'm just saying like, there's now more opportunity than ever to be able to fix that. And the fact that it's not hardware means that eventually it will get fixed, but potentially could get broken in the future as well too. One of the other things that Drew brought up in the forums that actually came into the Sea of Thieves news video uh, is actually resulting um, from the latest changes with combat. Uh, the quick swap where you can sprint and uh, animation cancel your gun to be able to get your uh, next shot in after the initial shot in just slightly faster than if you were to naturally swap weapons. Um, there's a bit of information about the things that they're looking at right now but the forum post that we got in says uh this one came in from the community member says that's all that's cool and all but please take another look at the state of gunplay i understand that removing quick swapping was the goal but you unintentionally nerfed double gunning for people who didn't even use quick swap sprinting is a very needed part of combat especially when dealing with swords but the new update punishes you for sprinting the timer is now twice as long if you try to sprint while swapping guns Surely there is another solution that removes quick swapping without making the combat overall more clunky. And Drew wrote, or wrote back in and quoted this and says, Hey, I hit this in my previous post, but the team are working uh, as a priority to remove this newly introduced wield delay after switching weapons and moving. This is all, all added a uh, level of clunkiness into the experience that we're working quickly to remove. And he went in to talk about this in the uh, news update as well, too that this is something that was unintended uh that because of performance issues with the servers they are uh trying to nail down like what is causing this um and they are going to continue to work on trying to make sure that the quick swap is dead that that exploit is no longer available to double gunners who want to quick swap but it doesn't punish people for wanting to use two guns uh, and naturally swap, especially given the nature uh, around the issue that they're talking about here with sprinting. That is a very needed part. You need to be able to get distance away from someone with a sword. You need to be able to do that quickly. The only way to actually do that is to sprint um, and jump around. And if you're going into this uh, knowing that you're going to not be able to pull out your gun as, as normal uh, speed, 
then it's going to be kind of a bummer to want to try and use you know swords you might or, or gun two guns you might as well just use a sword and a gun at that point since you're not going to get punished for it but it is nice to hear that this is something that they're currently working on that they recognize it and just to kind of reiterate as well too in the video that uh, they are aware that people have been able to find workarounds for the quick swap fix. Um, this is something that they are working on building a solution to and that they plan on putting this into the insiders program so that it can get tested before it gets pushed out as a live update. Um, it was a little bit of egg on their face in this case where the fix came out and then immediately people were able to see that there were other ways to work around it the workarounds are ridiculous and i can't believe people are are actually doing that but it is still technically faster with the type of workarounds that they're doing uh so people are are finding ways around the fix and uh he says that you know as long as people are finding them they'll keep fixing them and that's a good commitment to have if you're going to be serious about this type of an exploit Next up on the docket, let's talk about the Skull of Siren song. Uh, this is the new world event that is coming to Sea of Thieves. It is an opt-in. This is going to be a very interesting type of PvP event. Uh, this is about as close to, I would say, Arena 2.0 as we're going to get. Uh, there's no silver involved. Um, there's no like boundaries. It's the entire Sea of Thieves world. Um, the way the siren skull uh works it is in a chest uh that you have to be able to dig up so the way this is going to work is when the world event pops there's going to be a note that shows up on everybody's main mast whichever mast has the crow's nest if you got one two three doesn't matter how many masts you got the one that's got the crow's nest this is going to show up on there as a ghostly note with a little dagger in it think like a la hook uh you can vote to join into this world event you have to opt into this you cannot just willy-nilly jump in see a thing and then go after them and get it and steal it and boom bob's your uncle you got gold and i'm not going to tell you how much but it's a lot uh when you opt into this you then get two maps these two maps are the same for everyone that opts in so if there's five ships on a server and all five opt in, every single crew gets two maps. Those two maps will direct you to go and dig up the chest and the key. When you have both, you will put them together. Big surprise. Uh, you will then open up the chest, which will reveal the Skull of Siren Song. The Skull of Siren Song will then give you a big swirly blue beacon that if you watch the Sea of News trailer uh, video you, you may recognize that it's a brand new thing into the game um and you will you're you're going to be marked on the map so you have to take it to the big swirly blue thing in the sky which is where briggsy is going to be now only people as far as i understand it only people who have opted into this will be able to see where the turn in is if you came into the server after the chest has been opened you will not be able to find out 
where the chest or where the skull goes. You can use the you can use the skull as a as a weapon. Uh, you can turn it in. I have no clue how the value of that works yet because we haven't gotten a chance to actually like test it or not not test it, but like to to actually see it in practice. Uh, but I'm assuming that the value will most likely go down the way the Ashen Lord skull loses value the more you use it so this one's more of like a, a bubbly kind of breath that comes out that does or no nah, it's not like bubbly it's like a frost breath uh, as far as i know or like a, i guess a water spout i guess if you really want to get technical about it it's like a water spout um but you will be able to use that as a weapon once you have the skull out of the chest you now sail at a slower pace than natural uh, I have not seen any tests on this. I have not been able to test out like how does it compare to uh, a regular gal galleon sailing full into the wind uh, on a sloop with this sailing into the wind. I have no idea what the what the speeds are. The sea of science will come later, but you are going to be moving slower, which is going to give everyone else on the server who has opted in to be able to see where it goes an opportunity to steal it from you because it's going to take you longer than them to get to you. So it is a catch up mechanic that they are building in. I don't know how this is going to work as far as like being able to catch up to people. We'll have to see like how much slower it is, but I imagine it's going to be slow enough to where you're going to notice it. Once you have turned it in, the world event is done. Now, I don't know how the world events are going to work outside of this one. We haven't learned that yet. So we're not sure, like, will a Fort of Fortune pop if this has been in progress for a while? Because someone may be holding on to it for a long time. There may be, you know, pirates that have come up with their own game of how long can you play Keep Away with the Skull of Siren song? We have no idea, like, how that's going to work yet. But what you have to know is you have to opt in or you don't get to find out where you turn it in, which is the point of it because it's going to be worth a lot. And you have to use uh, the two maps that everyone gets to dig up the key in the chest. And once you have those two things, then you can open up the chest. And then once you open up the chest, that's when the race to turn it in begins. So it'll be very interesting to see how this goes. It is going to be the closest thing to the arena mode where you had the uh, chest that you, you would turn in for the silver. Um, but in this case, it's open up to everywhere in the Sea of Thieves. Uh, we don't know for sure all of the islands that Briggsy can appear on. Um, and we don't know if there's any kind of method to the madness, the way like you can kind of figure out what the uh, routes will be for the lost merchant voyage. As in like, you know, if you're, if you start here, chances are it, it will begin here and it will end eight squares away or something like that. You know, we don't quite know that information yet. But this is pretty exciting. It is coming on November 16th with the November update for Sea of Thieves. And a lot of other stuff is going to be coming alongside it. Next up on today's docket, let's talk about that November 16th update. There is going to be a rebalancing for the guild reputation uh drew without further ado, uh 
um, which I appreciated the the cocking of the gun joke in the actual video. Um, there was an update from Drew that talked about the rebalancing of hourglass reputation gain versus treasure hunting for guild reputation. If you know by now or if you've been sailing around, you might have noticed if you've done any hourglass that reputation earns a lot faster than just going around getting treasure and turning it in for guild reputation. This was an unintended consequence of not having enough testing or misgaging how much uh, treasure hunting would be done for guild reputation. As such, on November 16th, the rebalance will come in that will better align treasure hunting gains for reputation for your guild compared to hourglass reputation gains for your guild. They should equal out. So those of you who don't like to do hourglass can now progress your guild levels at the same rate that uh, hourglass people were were doing. So those those should be in line. As such, there was an exploit that happened that has been fixed where people were able to get themselves onto the same server and after a loss, stay on that server so you could uh, do another hourglass challenge with the same crew that you did which in turn resulted in people farming losses and wins for uh, guild reputation. As such, many of the guilds that have received their first 100 levels um, are doing so using this exploit. Those are going to be reverted. Any of the people that were exploiting hourglass uh, duels to be able to gain reputation for the guild to get higher in levels to get that first kind of notch on your uh, icon on the little mast, um, those are getting reverted. And I'm fine with that because I didn't do it, um, but also because if you're going to exploit it in the sense that folks are... Uh, able to work around the intended achievements in the game, Rare's probably going to look at that and hold true to the pirate code. One of the other things that Drew talked about was server performance. Um, as mentioned in the previous update at the beginning of the season, they reduced the player and ship limits for the servers, uh, but they are still seeing strains on certain high population servers. As such, they are continuing to further work on improving the experience before raising the limits of ships and player count. Um, I don't, I, I definitely see where they're coming from this. I personally am okay still with the five ships per server. I think five is important. I think six is nice, uh, but I think five servers gives a little bit of kind of breathing room for performance in case someone's loot stacking, then that can kind of, you know, detract away from certain uh, uh, people being able to like move around on their ship without it just being really, really glitchy or really framey. Um, so I, I'm, I'm glad that they're working towards getting back up to six. I think six is a good way to ensure that everyone's going to eventually run into someone on the seas in a, a relatively short amount of time. You know, they've always got that kind of timer in their head that they want players to interact with each other. Roughly about 20 to 30 minutes, you should be seeing another uh, ship on the server. And if you're not, then it's it's kind of detracting away from that PvPvE nature that they want for the game. So they have said that they are working on the performances for the servers. Um, and going back to the earlier comments that I made at the beginning of this episode, we know now that it is not a hardware-based issue. 
both on the client and the server side. This is purely software. Um, so it will just take a matter of time of them pinpointing the issues that are causing this server performance to drop and then be able to work towards that uh, and fixing it so they can eventually get players back up to the six ships or 24 total players per server. One of the other things that's coming with the November update is a new redesigned hit marker. Um, there's going to be two new hit markers. There's going to be a blue one and a red one. Uh, it's nice that they're going with kind of diametrically opposed uh, colors in this case so that they're a little bit easier to distinguish. I know a lot of you in the community are colorblind. Um, I would definitely keep an eye out to see if this is something that is causing issues for you in the colorblind modes. If it is, uh, definitely let me know so that I can let, you know, I'll, I'll try and put in a ticket uh, myself so that they can try and change the hue of it to make sure that it's a, a more noticeable, um, especially given that the blue is going to be a little bit more difficult to probably discern from the actual ocean. So keep that in mind definitely like let us know if that's becoming an issue for those uh, that deal with colorblind issues um, especially if the filters that they offer are not are not helping alleviate that issue that's going to be very important for me to hear from you guys on that so please keep that in mind next week or this coming week when the update goes live um, there the blue marker will let you know that you did hit a person uh, the red marker is actually going to let you know that you killed someone Kill Confirm has now come to Sea of Thieves. I'm fine with this. I have no problems with it. It's just another bit of information that will hopefully inform the player that what they did on the server actually registered and showed up for the client on their side as well, too. Uh, this will help kind of point out when your hits don't actually land, but hopefully that will then give you more information uh, when you're actually playing the game so that you can point to it and say like now I know for sure the hit didn't hit even though I, I shot it and I saw it actually hit them it didn't register it so now I can actually clip that and report it and let them know this was an instance where my my registration of the of the bullet did not actually calculate on the server side therefore please take a look at this situation and see if there's code that can help alleviate the issues that they're running into we're still running into server issues so it's still going to be touch and go whether or not it's the server issues or the actual hit registration fix that came in so bear with them on that i know it's going to take a little bit of time coding always takes a couple stints to kind of address certain issues but the sooner they get those uh, reports in the sooner they can take a look at the code and actually start working on like what the fix for it's going to be before it gets pushed to testing, before it gets pushed to insiders, before it gets pushed to live. So it all it's always going to take a little bit more time than you think. It's not it's not like an instant fix. Next up, let's talk about the community weekend that's coming up. This is going to be next month. It's the beginning of uh, December on December 2nd through the 4th. Uh, this is really cool. You're going to get a, a really awesome looking trans inspired community flag uh, with colors that, that from the trans community. Um, you're also going to be able to get a snapping shark emote 
those are going to be free as well and they're doing the pop-up uh plunder again this community weekend that was very popular uh although i know like as as the weekend was going on the last time they did this um we saw concerns and i definitely agree with them that some of the puzzles that they were putting on social media were a little difficult i honestly wouldn't mind there just being something that if you were in sea of thieves and uh something came up you know like a, a beacon or something or maybe like a, a a quest got added to uh your your uh, voyage wheel you could see it know where it's going to be and stuff like that and, and it would take it away a little bit from social media and move it to like in game if that makes sense so uh i'm glad that they're doing this community weekends are always great to be able to get um hourglass reputation going to work on guild reputation things like that so just kind of plan ahead this is going to be again december 2nd through the 4th uh, which is going to be after the main holidays for uh, the united states in at the end of november so hopefully you all have an opportunity to jump into that uh, enjoy and it'll be nice to see um them kind of doing this a little bit more frequently it feels like we're getting these you know we had ghoul and gore glory uh and then season nines was was at the end of season nine so it's nice to kind of have these community weekends um always nice to see what's going on with that and uh, i think they're even doing a style of thieves uh a style of yeah hashtag stylist stylista of thieves um event as well for the uh, gloves as well so they'll probably have more information closer to the actual community update for that just to knock out a few more things to let you all know about what's going on uh they are bringing in the golden leaf cosmetics now these are something that are going to be brought to uh the actual outposts um these are kind of the robin hood-esque style cosmetics if i had to put a like a like an idea in your head of what these look like so imagine robin hood and and uh the kind of greenish outfit um, this is what the gold leaf collection will be like that is coming to the outposts uh, and actually looks pretty good. I think this is one of the few um, cosmetic sets that we've seen come to the outposts recently. And I think they're doing a good job with the actual design of them. I think they look on par with most of the uh, Emporium content that we're seeing. So nice to kind of get that like you know for folks that want to have something to spend gold on um it's nice that they're able to to kind of continue to put more cosmetics in there even if folks aren't going to use them just something to actually like spend your money on uh as as you kind of move through all the different things that you could possibly buy all right pirates time to get into the main topic of this episode i don't know how long this uh this is going to be something i'm going to be talking about but i did want to let you all know that um there is going to be a big change for a few of the different cosmetic types that pertain to sales coming in the december update now as of right now we don't know when the december update is going to happen uh if i had to take a guess i would say that it's probably going to be on the 14th of december um, typically rare takes a couple weeks off at the end of december for both uh, Christmas and that holiday season, as well as New Year's. Um, and we probably won't, we'll, we'll have like the community update stuff going on. There's a good chance they're probably gonna do another orb stream uh, around the, the 23rd and the 24th, or potentially around the 30th and the 31st, which are the weekends for December. So 
I'm going to imagine that they're probably going to have the update on the 14th, which is the Thursday middle of the month for the uh, safer seas, as well as the um, changes to the sales that I'm going to be talking about here. But we won't know until we get a little bit closer to that. But um, because of the way their scheduling works, I imagine they'll probably want to give themselves at least a full week to kind of address any issues that might pop up or creep up as they actually introduce that latest patch in December. Fantastic to hear that they have these going on. I know they've been planning this for a while, but it's just nice to hear that they know when exactly they're going to be the updates. Um, and December is actually going to be the marker for the end of season 10. At the beginning of season 11, we should be able to start off at the beginning of the month uh, for January in the sometime in that period. And hopefully they're able to accomplish that. Hopefully they're able to, you know, come back from vacation, you know, have some news about what's going to happen with season 11 and then actually have season 11 kick off at the beginning of January, similar to the way that we had October being the beginning of uh, season 10. So let's get into what's going to happen in the December update with the sales. Um, there's going to be some changes coming to a few different types of sales. Uh, the, the Dark Adventure sales being the prominent one uh, and the Lunar Festival uh, sales being another one. These sales, uh, according to the team, are highly sought after, not for their cosmetics, but for what they actually offer as uh, a way of getting around the principal mechanic of communicating with your crew and or moving away from the helm. Helming right now with uh, some of these different sales offer greater visibility to um, the, the person at helm than originally was intended. If you use any other sales than the few that they've kind of noticed going this way with them trying to have more unique looks to them, you'll kind of notice that they do give um, a, a better horizon line for the helmsman, which means they don't necessarily have to rely on their crewmates or uh, stepping away from the actual helm to be able to address like where they're sailing and what's in front of them. Uh, this is, is not the philosophy that they've they've had since the beginning of the game. They've talked a lot about working with your crew, making sure that you're communicating and each person has roles, things like that, as they kind of sail around the seas. Um, and one of the main things that they've always said was they want to make sure that the crew members are relaying information to the helm who does not have the best visibility due to the length of the sails. If the sails are too high, then that generates enough visibility for the helmsman that they don't have to worry about like stepping away off the wheel, et cetera, et cetera. You get the point. So why the DA sales and the Lunar Festival? Because of the way they're designed, uh, they are currently offering this bit of information without having to commit to or com communicate with your actual uh, crewmates. And in some cases, um, you don't actually have crewmates. You can just sail around and not have to worry about like going, uh, raising the sails a little bit is kind of like the main one to actually kind of use in, in, in some instances, especially with the, the galleon, it's much easier just to, uh, actually have like the, the mid sail pulled up a little bit. Whereas with the, the lunar sails, there's a little notch that's kind of, uh, in the middle of the sails due to the unique cut of those and those are ones that are actually costing ancient coins now it's i it's funny to me 
that the lunar festival ones are the ones that you actually have to spend real money on um and everyone's upset about the dark adventurer one and i think the dark adventurer one is a little more obvious due to how much of uh, the sale is cut out. Um, now I've seen a bunch of memes go around. I've seen a lot of po people like both happy and upset about this. Um, I even ran a poll just over on, on Twitter just to kind of get a gauge on what people thought of this, if they thought it was a good thing, if it was, it was a bad thing. And just to get like data, I didn't even necessarily want to like voice my thoughts on this um and it was it was pretty split it was 159 votes which is not a whole lot it's a small it's a small pool of uh of votes um but it was about 50 50 it was 49.1 to 50.9 so it's split down the middle about those people who bought the da sales and the reason i ask that is because it's it's you know over 8 million gold um, it's a lot to put down for actually having that visibility. And the trouble is, is that that's why people are buying it. They're not buying the dark adventure sales because of course they look cool or they really go with a set that they've been working towards. But a lot of people have bought them due to the fact that they do offer that increased visibility at the helm. Um, now, I did have a lot of folks say that they've bought them and never used them. And a lot of people have bought them just to be able to collect them, but they have other ones that they do. And the whole point of this is so that Rare can actually design sales that people will want to use and they won't feel obligated to actually using the DA sales for combat due to the inherent cut of the sales giving visibility to the helm. And because of that, they are going to be changing a lot of the different sales that have small bits of, of uh, kind of the sale cut out in the bottom. So the Lunar Festival with the little notch that it has in kind of its uh, unique design, uh, the DA sales were the two examples that we got. We're expecting more to be addressed in the future when we get a little bit closer to the December update. But for the time being, if you were planning on buying the DA sales because they offered you more visibility, I would advise you to hold off. And similarly to the Lunar Festival ones, if you're planning to get a, com a combat advantage with these sales, I would not recommend investing the money in them because of that. Now, if you want to buy them, you can buy them. And I've seen some folks upset about the DA sales getting changed and, and demanding that it, it be refunded. And there is precedent for that. Uh, there was a cannon flare that was purchasable through the Emporium that offered more visibility than just the standard cannon flare. Now, bear in mind, I hate cannon flares in general. I stick with the, the default ones, and that's just kind of my, my main go-to for that. But these cannon flares offered more visible visibility than the standard ones. And as such, a lot of people bought them because of that. Now, what happened was Rare went back and they changed the flares so that they were standard visibility across the board, the way other default ones or other ones offered visibility reduction because of the design intent behind using cannons. And they gave uh, people an opportunity to go into the forum and submit for a refund for this. Now, we haven't heard anything about the DA sales or the Lunar Festival ones, which are actually ancient coin purchasable. You can actually purchase them with ancient coins, which is the currency they use to, to uh, transfer real money to through their store, um, like some sort of laundering outfit. But 
they may do another thing like that. They may not. It's it's kind of up to them about how nice they want to be about this because you could probably get away with saying that you bought these for the tactical advantage and Rare had never addressed it. And the Dark Adventure set specifically has been out long enough that a lot of folks have kind of bought these as a result of using them for the com combat combative advantage. I was trying to find the word there. So I'm hoping that there will be some sort of compromise uh again rare doesn't have to they they're they're well within the, it's their game they're well within the right to change the da sales to be however they want them to be uh if they want to put a red nose and a red uh clown wig on them to kind of let people know that you know you're a bit of a clown for using them for the combative advantage that's that's their choice they can do that i me putting it out into the ether doesn't make it happen doesn't mean that that that's going to be what happens but i would expect that the da sales are not going to have nearly as high of a angle cut out of them uh, they may just go and actually have no angle it may just be completely flat just to kind of send a message but they've decided that it no longer falls in line with the philosophy that they had when they first started the game and I've definitely noticed that this is a bit of a trend since SOT Fest. Uh, talking with the devs, seeing their messaging that they have, they're starting to really crack down on some of the things that have been used to either gain advantage or exploit uh, combat in some way. And you might be wondering, like, well, why now? What 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 sparked this? And I think a lot of it comes from the hackers. Uh, I think a lot of the hackers have driven uh, people to focus more on combat. And as such, things that have been sliding by for the sake of ingenuity or uniqueness uh, when it comes to cosmetics um, are starting to kind of like crack down. Uh, now, I don't know if they're going to go the, the full gambit here and they're going to like address the fact that uh, blunderbusses that have um, shorter muzzles uh, fire faster. I don't know if they're going to go that far, but it's definitely clear that they're trying to shore up a lot of the um, assumed things that com people use or people in combat have learned and tried to use uh, to kind of get an advantage. Because at the end of the day, you always have to keep in the back of your mind as as a, a, a part of this community that Sea of Thieves does not embrace uh, any kind of power leveling. There's no scalable amount of damage that you can earn in this game. Everyone has the same amount of power with the weapons that they're using. The only way you can augment that is either through knowledge or secondary items like kegs, blunder, bo or blunder bombs, um uh, uh, uh fire bombs you know things things like that are going to be the only way cursed cannonballs chain shot uh wraith balls those are going to be the only way that you can augment your power and those are finite resources so it's expected that you should only be able to turn one or two battles with the with the resources that you have now when it comes to weapons those should all be on the same playing field all the same level there should no question across the board. So when it comes to cosmetics, yes, they should probably take a look at blunderbusses and figure out why the Sailor blunderbuss fires faster than the Dark Warsmith uh, blunderbuss 
or uh, you know, name the the midnight blunder. But you know, come up with your own reasoning for it. But whichever one you decide to choose. But yes, they should take a look at that because that is a combat. It's an unintended combat advantage that people have learned. Uh, similarly, the sales you were not meant to have as much visibility that's why all of the sails normally have like a certain amount of blocking for the helm and certain sails have gotten around that and people are focusing on that so much because of the advantage rare is starting to address this and they will continue to address that and i will continue to let them know if i find things like that because the more even the playing field is the better it showcases your skill as a sailor, if you're having to use DA sails, you're cheating yourself of the, the victory that is earned off of the backs of hard work, good communication, and knowledge. If you have those things, you don't need those other things. You can still win these fights without the DA sails. Yes, it may take a little more time to communicate with your teammates, or you might have to roll up your sails, or maybe let go of the wheel to get some more information. But if you're a solo player, you're, you should be doing that anyway. You should be constantly moving on that ship. Uh, it's easier to get sniped if you're standing at the, at the helm, if you're solo. But if you're a galleon, you have crewmates. They should be able to help give you information. And you should be looking to shift your, uh, your role from helm to cannoneer or you know, repairing top deck. There are things that you should be doing outside of that in combat to not just be sitting on the wheel. Um, that is probably going to be the least amount of help that you can provide your team when it comes to sinking other crews. Because once the wheel's set, there's not too much you really have to adjust for. Um, unless you're planning on making a move around stuff, there's there's always going to be things that you will be doing. But genuinely, most of the time, you should be good setting the wheel, going down, getting a few shots on getting more food, picking up wood, whatever you need to do to kind of make sure that you're contributing a little by little to the victory with your team. So again, that's something that's coming in the December update. Uh, we'll probably find out more about Safer Seas, although I've already covered a fair amount of what is going to be uh, working and not working in Safer Seas in past episodes. So make sure you go back and listen to those if you want to get an idea of what you can expect with Safer Seas. Um, but that should be coming in December as well. And I'm very curious to find out if we will start to move back towards uh, some of the story of Sea of Thieves um, with the uh, introduction of the new Skull for uh, 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 Skull of Siren Song um, into the world event queue uh, and bringing Briggsy back as a ghost now. Um, it'll be very interesting to kind of see where does Rare pick up the story because I, I think that the story has taken a sharp left turn at Albuquerque with the monkey island content and i'm ready for us to turn around and head back to phoenix like i'm, I'm ready for us to you know let's let's go back out west and uh kind of address the the wild wild flame heart that's out there burning everything to a cinder uh, with his weird son who has a really weird mask and is just weird in general um last episode i believe i talked about the comic that's available 
uh, the search for the sea dog soul, I think is what it's called. I can't remember. And I don't have it pulled up to be able to reference. So you'll have to trust me on that. Uh, of course I'm right. So, you know, don't bother sending in reports of me being wrong about anything, but, um, I'm glad that they're doing some story content. And I really hope that with the delays that we saw in 2023, uh, the promised flame heart finale that was due, uh, in 2023 will happen in the first half of 2024. Um, I would not be surprised if the sixth anniversary actually was the coming of Flameheart. Um, it's been more than a year at the moment since the community event where everyone voted to bring Flameheart back and to banish Pendragon. Uh, I'm not bitter about that anymore, actually. I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with it. It's whatever. You know, as long as we get back to that story, I think that'd be great. Um, but I would really like to have Lissetti Singh be kind of front and center as the, the better pirate lord and kind of take over the role and go fight the Siren Queen and have Seamark, uh, who's part of her crew, like take on a crack and hand a tentacle, you know, like I really want to have something cool like that. And I talked about it on Twitter with Dre, uh, the lore chronologist who you might recognize and uh, they recommended, you know, some really cool stuff as well, too. So I would love to have that. I think that would be really fun. And I think it would be worth investing time into if we're going to continue down the the adventure route with Sea of Thieves. Uh, it's been very interesting to get what we want in the form of tall tales. Um, but we sacrificed everything for it. You know, like it's it's that uh, it's that Thanos meme, you know, like, <laughs> did you get did you get what you want? Yeah. What did you have to give up for everything? It's like, oh, <laughs> well, dang. <laughs> but content's rolling in. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with the Skull of Siren song voyage, uh, how people are going to like it. I think folks are going to love it based on what I've seen, what I've heard. Um and I, and I look forward to seeing like some really good stories about those last minute uh, turn-ins because I think that's something that uh, a lot of people have missed as a result of Sovereigns. And to get a little bit of that back in the form of the, the Skull of the Siren song, uh, I think a lot of folks are going to be very interested to, to try and get that when it pops up just based on how much you're going to get from it um, that I may or may not know. You, you can't legally tell me I, I do or don't. So very cool to see. Um, outside of that, there is a sale that is going on. It's a Black Friday sale, uh, S-A-I-L, um, from November 24th through December 4th. Uh, so it's a little bit of time there. Actually, I'm going to take a quick peek and see roughly about how long that is. So it looks like it's going to be a little bit more than a week, just shy of like a week and a half. And that is going to encompass... Uh, not only the Black Friday that we have here in the States, as well as a couple other countries that I know are starting to pick up on that, um, but go into December in case folks have, you know, things they want to buy, but they're waiting for paychecks. Understandable. Things you can expect in that sale are the Sawbones, the Sea Serpent, and the Dark Warsmith themed cosmetics. Now that's the sales, the livery sets, as well as like any kind of weapons uh, costumes, things like that. Those are the main three that they talked about, as well as different types of emotes, uh, like the oars, the stage dive, the quick draw, 
and the gold cursed pets. Um, those are all going to be on sale. So if you were looking to get any of those and wanted to save some money, I, i.e. the dark warsmith set, um, that would be a good time to do it. Additionally, the down the hatch emote is going to be made available for free. So remember, Black Friday, log into Sea of Thieves, get your free emote. Hopefully you remember that. Um, other than that, they are bringing the Ravenwood ship set to the Emporium. Very beautiful set, as well as uh, the weapons and the spyglass. Uh, the Festival of Plenty Instrument and Pets are making a return to the Emporium as well, too, if you wanted to have those. And they're adding the Angry Scribe emote. As far as I know, that is not going to be free. That is going to be for sale. And that's pretty much it for the Sea of News video. Uh, quite a lot of information, something I expected. I imagine we're going to be getting a bit more information as we get closer to the actual launch of the update, as well as a refresh on the notes to be able to go over for the coming weeks. So, Pirates, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you to everyone who's watching over on YouTube. The five of you, I appreciate very much. Make sure you like and subscribe there. Um, I'm going to see if I can actually like split up some of this episode into smaller chunks that people might actually watch more than just the podcast format that I put up on YouTube at the moment. If you're listening to this through your podcatcher of choice or Spotify, Thank you. Consider doing a review for the podcast. Let me know what you think uh, now that I'm 300 episodes in. This is episode 301. Otherwise, you're more than welcome to join up on the Discord or support me over on patreon.com forward slash keelhauled podcast, uh, where I have a lot of folks who are just genuinely the bestest of best. And I really love my community over on Discord as well, too, where you can find me pretty much all the time. Um, feel free to say hi if you want or join up if you have any questions or concerns about Sea of Thieves and just want to know like a place to go to chat with people about that. Always helps out. Uh, I think that's going to do it, Pirates. If you want to get a hold of me, there's plenty of ways to do that. Again, the Patreon, uh, the Discord, or over on Twitter and threads at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N. The, the email for the show, C-A-P-T L-O-G-U-N at gmail.com. And that's going to do it. So thank you. I love you. And I look forward to sailing with you on the Sea of Thieves.